What's up, guys? I'm Jared Lopes, and you're listening to the Dad Tired Podcast, where I'm helping everyday families learn how to follow Jesus in everyday life. There's this passage in Exodus chapter 16 where the Israelite people are moving away from Egypt where they were slaves and God is moving them to what he called the promised land, a land that would be filled with milk and honey, that he would be their God and they would be the, and they would be his people and they're moving out of one season of their life uh, which was just terrible and moving into this new season of life which is going to be uh, glorious and in the middle of that journey of moving from one place to another, the people start to grumble. The Israelites start to grumble. They're hungry. They're thirsty. They're scared. They're tired. And they literally start to say, I wish we were just back in Egypt, even though we were slaves, even though we were like oppressed and and beaten. uh, We'd rather be there because at least we would have somewhere to lay our heads and we wouldn't be hungry and thirsty anymore. And so God, being their faithful God in that moment said, "Uh, I'll take care of you. Let me remind you that you are my people and I'm going to take care care of you. And so God literally, as they're starving, provides bread or manna, as it's called in the scriptures from heaven. Like it just literally drops from the sky, this bread to fill their needs. Uh, And God tells the people in Exodus 16, he says, I'm going to provide this food for you every day so that you will not die, that you'll have enough food to eat for you and your family But do not gather it. Don't gather more than what you need for today, because if you do, tomorrow morning when you wake up, it's actually going to be rotted, uh, and it will be moldy and and rotten and not able to eat. Uh, And the reason for that, God's heart behind just providing for them enough food for that day is he wanted to build in the Israelite people in the midst of their suffering, in the midst of their pain, in the midst of their confusion. He wanted to build into them this idea that I will take care of you every single day. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about yesterday. I will take care of you every single day. Now, some of you just turned on this podcast. Maybe you just stumbled upon Dad Tired. This is the first episode you're ever listening to. Maybe you've been listening for the last couple of years. Uh, and maybe all you get out of this you know, short little episode is that message, uh, that you serve a God who will take care of your daily needs. Jesus later reiterated this. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or wear. Seek the kingdom of God above anything else and everything else will be taken care of. It's the same heart that God had back in Exodus 16 when he said, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't gather more than you need. I will give you what you need today. And one of the biggest uh, principles, one of the biggest things that we learn about God's character in this passage, in Luke or Exodus 16, and then later when Jesus said it in the New Testament, one of the biggest things that we learn about God is that he wants to show up in our lives every single day, which is crazy because he could have at any point, God could have just like been from a distance. He could have been from afar. He could have shouted from heaven. He could have like, he could have uh, provided a year's worth or 10 years worth or a lifetime worth and say, hey, I'll check in on you guys in 10 years or 50 years or when you die, like we'll be back together. But Jesus, our God, the Father, Yahweh, as he's described his name in the Old Testament, uh, he's so relational that he wants to be involved in daily life every single day. This is the God that we serve, a God that pursues us, that wants to be near his people on a daily basis. Uh, Now, if you're listening to this episode on the week that it comes out, 
this will be the week of Valentine's Day. And for many of us, we hate Valentine's Day. <laughs> I took a poll on Instagram and asked how many of you married couples celebrate Valentine's Day. And the majority of people said, we just pass on it. We're not into it. I think it was like 80-20 split. 80% of people said, we pass on Valentine's Day. It doesn't really have any meaning to us as a married couple. 20% said, we go all out. We love it. Um, Most people, most married people, especially men that I know, like despise this holiday. I think there's all kinds of reasons. We love to be the heroes of the story. We love to pursue our wife's heart. We love, especially when we were dating, we love to do like go above and beyond. And it just kind of takes away the element of surprise. It takes away when, when the entire country is like buying flowers and teddy bears, you know, then it, it, it's not as exciting when you show up with some kind of gift for your wife because it, it's, you feel obligated. Every other guy in the nation's doing it. There's no element of surprise. It's just kind of a lame holiday. Uh, none of us really like. So I think there's all kinds of reasons why we don't like and celebrate and get excited about Valentine's Day. But the heart of Valentine's Day, which I'm not, uh, you know, this year, I'm not going to be doing anything crazy or spectacular for my wife. We talk about it ahead of time, say like, don't get anything from me. I'm not going to get anything for you. I know you love me. You know, you love me, but let's not spend money on this kind of weird holiday. Um, which I had some research that I did on Valentine's day that I was going to talk about. And it's not that interesting. So I'm just going to pass on that altogether. The point is this, when thinking through those Exodus passages and what Jesus said in the old Testament, the point is this, what does the gospel say? How do we filter our life, even holidays, Uh, like Valentine's Day? How do we filter that as men of God who want to be spiritual leaders who filter our life through the gospel? Like what, what does the gospel say about a holiday like Valentine's Day? And here's what I come up with when I think about Valentine's Day that's coming this week. I think that God, the God of the Bible, who's different and distinct than every other God out there, every other person or uh, deity that claims to be God, every other spiritual figure The God of the Bible is unlike any other one, and the God of the Bible is a God who pursues his people daily and relentlessly. He's a God who, from the very beginning of scriptures and the garden, was walking with his people in the garden. He was walking with them uh, in the desert as they were wandering. He shows up in flesh and blood in the New Testament. Then he gives his spirit to his people so that they're in them. Uh, And then he says he'll come back and be with them again. In Revelation, it says that God will be with us and we will be his people and he will be our God. The entire scriptures, literally from Genesis to Revelation, is a story of God wanting to be with his people all the time. And then that same God says to us, husbands, you need to love your wife the way that I loved you. And this relentless, passionate pursuit of your wife, the same way that I've been relentless and passionate in my pursuit of your heart. And so I don't really celebrate Valentine's Day. I'm not even encouraging you to like go out and buy a ridiculously giant teddy bear from Walmart that costs way too much money that will be discounted 50% the next day, by the way. Uh, you can get 50% off your candy and all that stuff. <laughs> I always love hitting Walmart. We live near Walmart, which I'm not a big fan of Walmart, actually. Uh, but anyway, they we live near one, and I always hit it up the day after holidays because it's like incredibly low price, 50% off everything, and then like 70%, and then 90%, and then they're just like paying you to take away all their stuff. Anyway, I'm not going to be celebrating Valentine's Day. I'm not even encouraging you you to do that. But what I am saying at the heart of this holiday is the desire for our wives to be pursued. 
And really, who cares about the February 14th, uh, pursuing her on that particular day? That day, as, as followers of Jesus, as gospel-centered men, doesn't really mean anything. But really, it's a reminder for us to say, am I pursuing the heart of my wife? Am I making her feel loved and valued and cherished and special every single day in the same way that God has delighted in me and pursued me and been relentless in his pursuit of me and my heart every single day. You know you know what's crazy is, uh, I've talked about this before, I talked about it in the devotional, but uh, th- th- my wife and I, a few years back, were going through marriage counseling. We were in a really rough season of our lives, and my marriage counselor said to, something to me that just like, it's, it, it smacked me across the face. He said that there's studies, like actual scientific studies, that are showing that this feeling of intimacy, this connection, this oneness that people can have, a husband and wife can have, um, it begins to fade as quickly as 24 hours after that feeling of connection. Meaning this, I just, my wedding anniversary, our eight-year wedding anniversary was at the end of January. I took my wife out. We did a staycation in downtown Portland. We I got a nice hotel for us. We went and had a nice dinner. We watched a movie. We had a glass of wine. It was awesome. There's this level of intimacy. We had turned off our phones and we were just together and we're kid-free. We're together. We're one. We're, we're enjoying each other and reflecting back on our marriage and the highs and lows and how gracious God has been to us. And there's this deep feeling of like, man, we're in this together for life. I love love you. I'm in. I'm reminded of how much I love you. I'm committed. This is it. And then literally uh, the study show, like science shows, that 24 hours after that, as quickly as 24 hours after that, that oneness can begin to fade. Now, I don't want to over-spiritualize anything uh, or make straw man arguments or connect things that shouldn't be connected, but I do find it fascinating that with the God of the Bible, the God that we serve, is the God that pursues us every single day. He didn't ask us to say a prayer and then bail and say, hey, I'll catch up with you in heaven when you die. But he's the God who wants our hearts from the beginning and then continues daily to pursue our hearts every single day. And then that same God tells us to pursue our wives, to love our wives the way that he loves us. So that means we pursue our wives every single day. And then science begins to show that this feeling of intimacy and oneness begins to fade after 24 hours, meaning this practically for you, husband. You cannot count on taking your wife on one date or celebrating Valentine's Day once a year or just celebrating your anniversary or going on one date night a month and thinking that that will sustain your marriage and this feeling of closeness. You literally need to pursue your wife every single day. And again, I don't want to over-spiritualize things, but it's a reminder. The science is a reminder that we serve a God who didn't just pursue us once and then bail, but who pursues our heart every single day and then says, men, love your wives like that. I pursue your heart every day. Pursue the wife of pursue the heart of your wife every single day. Because if you don't, intimacy and oneness will fade. And I always say this, guys, you've heard me say it a million times. I'm reminding it myself of this all the time. I'm gospeling myself this all the time. If I want to be a good dad to my kids, if I want to be the kind of dad that they're proud of, that as I'm on my deathbed, that they look back at my life and say, man, I had such a good daddy. A huge part of that is me loving their mom, my wife, well. 
If you want to be a good dad, you must be passionate passionate about pursuing the heart of your wife every single day. Now, something that's interesting also this week, uh, this is kind of rare. It doesn't happen very often. I think like every hundred years or something. But Valentine's Day happens to fall on the same day as Ash Wednesday, which is the beginning of the Lent season, which is 40 days, not including uh, Sundays, uh, 40 days, not including Sundays before Easter. Now, this is super interesting. Uh, the timing of these two things, uh, Ash Wednesday, the start, the beginning of Lent and Valentine's Day. And one of the, here's a little side note, by the way, on Ash Wednesday. So Ash Wednesday will be this Wednesday. Uh, let me see. Ash Wednesday is a four. I'm like doing my math. I, I want to make sure. One time, a couple weeks ago, I told you guys that like basically everyone in the world listens to this podcast, uh, and I was wrong. <laughs> if you went back and listened to that, you'll know that I like apologize for that mistake. So uh, that's why I'm purposely stopping myself here. Okay, Valentine's Day is on Wednesday the 14th. Ash Wednesday is also Wednesday the 14th. I just wanted to double check my facts. I didn't want to say something that wasn't true. I apologize for the little rambling there. Uh, I just wanted to make sure I was saying the, the accurate stuff here and what was actually true. Okay, so Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day on the same day. A little interesting historical fact here. The day before Ash Wednesday is, uh, it's called Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday. You've probably heard of it. The, the symbolism behind Mardi Gras is this. Uh, it, Mardi Gras translates into fa- Fat Tuesday. And Fat Tuesday is a day when people would be ex- especially sinful <laughs> and gluttonous and kind of get all the sin out, just like be, ex- be incredibly wild and, you know, just over the top in their eating and drinking and, and pursuit of like uh, not godly things. Because the next day after Mardi Gras, after Fat Tuesday, is Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent. And Lent is a season where you're, it's somber. You would literally put ashes. That's why they call it Ash Wednesday. You'd put ashes on your forehead. So you may even see this as you walk around this week. You might see some some people who are still practicing this who put ashes on themselves. And it's symbolic that inside of me is broken, deserving of death. The wages of my sin will lead to death. And the ashes are remind, reminding me of this dark, somber um it's a dark, somber reminder that we are broken, messed up, sinful people, and we're in need of a Savior. Now, for most of you listening to this, I'm imagining that you actually prob- you probably don't participate and observe Lent. It's a, it's a, in the Catholic um, Church and in more Orthodox, or if you, if you go to a church that has a lot of liturgical practices, you may be practicing Lent. I didn't grow up in a church that practiced or observed Lent. It wasn't something we talked about or observed, uh, and so it wasn't a part of my upbringing. But the be- there's actually such beauty in this season of Lent, this 40 days before Easter, before the celebration of Jesus rising from the dead and saving us from the sin. And here's the beauty of it. Uh, it's 40 days to say, man, what inside of me is still broken? What inside of me has the kingdom of God yet to touch? Remember when Jesus said, pray like this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus was teaching his disciples that heaven isn't just a one day thing. It's a now thing. Like heaven wants to invade your heart now. And so Lent is the season where you begin to think about what area of the kingdom has yet, what area of my heart rather, has yet to be touched 
by the kingdom, has yet to be changed by the kingdom. Now, for most of us, when we think about Lent, if you didn't grow up with like liturgical practices uh, and observing Lent, you probably just saw your friends on Facebook saying they're giving up Starbucks or cable or caffeine or something like this and and it just seems really silly honestly like if we're just honest like dude that what okay you're you're fasting like uh mcdonald's for the next month or like you're fasting your frappuccino for the next 40 days like it just it feels weird and like i don't really get how this makes sense with jesus and honestly i think people have lost the point in many ways and they're just like it feels cool to like fast something for Lent and it really has no purpose. But here's the actual purpose of Lent. The purpose and what's so beautiful about our brothers and sisters who observe Lent uh, every year, the beauty is to take 40 days and say, listen, I recognize that I am deeply in need of a savior and I'm actually going to have the courage for the next 40 days to be introspective and to ask really hard questions of myself and to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal things in me that have yet to submit to his kingdom. This dude, this takes like courage. This takes guts to say, I'm going to slow down enough. I'm going to turn down the radio, the noise of my life enough. I'm going to remove some distractions and I'm going to go like deep into my heart and ask, God, what areas of my life are still wicked? What areas of my heart are still in need of a savior? And dude, the reason this is so beautiful for 40 days, it will be somber. Like if you actually do this, if you actually take the time to say, I'm going to be introspective, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal in me areas of my life that are still far from him and that still have sin in it. The reason this is so beautiful is because at the end of those 40 days comes what? Easter, like the biggest celebration of all. After 40 days of recognizing like, holy crap, I am like a jacked up dude. I am more sinful than I thought I was. I There's stuff in me that I didn't even realize was down there. Like maybe I fasted food or maybe I spent more time in prayer or in God's word. And as I did that, it revealed stuff in me that realized like, oh crap, like I am, I'm a jacked up dude. But you don't have to sit in your brokenness. It's at the end of those 40 days when you recognize how broken you are that you can begin to celebrate how amazing it is that God didn't pour out his wrath on you. In the midst of all your junk, you deserved wrath. But instead of God pouring out his wrath, Jesus Christ came and he poured out his grace. And dude, Easter for you will be a celebration like you've never had. You will celebrate Easter in a totally new way as you've spent the last 40 days introspectively reflecting on your brokenness. You will celebrate the grace of Jesus in ways you never have. I always tell guys this, that you never really, uh, amazing grace is not amazing unless you realize how sinful you are. Until you realize how much you actually need a savior, then grace by God always just kind of seems like a nice little gift. But if you think like, eh, I'm kind of an okay person, I'm kind of, you know, I'm decent, I'm moral, I don't, I'm not really that bad, then, then grace doesn't feel that amazing. But when you recognize like, I am a broken, wretched, sinful man. Man, grace becomes all that much more amazing. So here's my challenge to you on this week of Valentine's Day and Easter. I would ask you to reflect in, to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, reveal in me where I'm coming up short. Specifically, because we're on Valentine's Day, God, am I pursuing my wife and her heart the way that you've pursued mine? Reveal in me ways that I'm being selfish, that I'm making my marriage about me and not about her. 
Lord, help me to fall more in love with you so that I can fall more in love with my wife and to love her daily the way that you've loved me. If you've never practiced or observed Lent, I highly recommend that you look into it. It doesn't don't overcomplicate it, don't legalize it or make it all, you know, just weird. Just simply take the next 40 days, study the scriptures more, read the Bible more and pray every day for God to reveal in you where you're not pursuing him the way that he's pursued you and where you're not pursuing your wife the way that he's pursued you. I love you guys. Have a great week. We'll talk to you later. 